the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God places no requirements on Noah and this covenant. God just says, hey, I'm going to enter into a covenant with you. I'm going to make this pledge to you. I'm not asking anything of you. I'm going to make this pledge to you. I'm never going to judge the earth again with a flood. It's similar to the new covenant that Jesus made with us. Jesus shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And all we have to do is believe in him by faith. God is the God of new beginnings. God sent a flood to destroy the earth. And in doing so, he established himself anew with Noah. Today, Pastor Dan talks about the covenant God made with Noah after the flood. Everything was new, and so was God's new promise to him, which was to never wipe out the earth again with a flood. Even though God made a covenant with Noah thousands of years ago, you as a Christian are still in that covenant, and you can trust in that same promise, too. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. His blood, His life redeems us and provides forgiveness for us. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all our sin. Romans chapter 5, verse 9, We are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are, we are declared righteous, is what that means. By God, by the blood of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 13 You who were far away from God have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13, 12 says Jesus sanctifies us by his blood. It's all through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus that does it all. It's it's not the moral life that he lived. That saves us. It's his shed blood. It's his life that he laid down in our place. As our substitute. Taking our sin for us. That saves us. And so way back here. In Genesis 9. Right after they come off the ark. God starts talking about the blood. And having reverence for. And respect for. Blood. And it's, and it's going to lead up to the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, look at verse 5. Surely for your lifeblood, I will demand a reckoning from the hand of every beast. I will require it 
and from the hand of man, from the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man. So he's talking about murder here. And, and, uh, and the Old Testament does make a distinction between murder and killing someone in like self-defense, for example, or accidentally. Whoever commits murder should be put to death, it's saying. And so now this, is, this becomes the basis for capital punishment, putting someone to death. Uh, uh, people sometimes will ask the question, what does the Bible support the death penalty? Uh, and the answer is yes, it does support the death penalty. But I want you to note here the reason, the reason, because the reason is important. The reason is important here. It's an important distinction. Why should a murderer be put to death? Verse 6, because in the image of God, he made man. Because mankind is made in the image of God. And so, so taking a human life is an attack on, on God. And that's why the perpetrator should be put to death. It says, even if an animal takes a human life, that animal should then be put to death. Uh, I mean, that just shows you how valuable human life is in God's eyes. That even if an animal, you know, kills a human being. I've been going on walks in our neighborhood. Because, you know, the first part of the quarantine, we just were eating a lot of food. <laughs> now, we gotta, we got to get back to reality here, so... Uh, so I've been taking, and we've got kind of like this loop in our neighborhood, and I'm, taking, I'm walking on this loop, and the other day there was this, uh, this young guy, uh, and he's walking on the other side of the street, and he's got a pit bull, and the pit bull is going nuts, barking, jumping at me, you know, and he's got it on a leash, and in my opinion, the, the leash seemed a little flimsy for a pit bull, uh, and the guy did not look very serious about restraining this pit bull, uh, but the, this dog is going crazy. Uh, and I've, I've only been attacked by a dog once in my life. It was by a pit bull. Uh, I was at a friend's house in college. I went to a friend's house and their dog came out. And I'm not kidding. This is exactly what happened. dog comes out and I said to my friend, hey, this looks like a pit bull. And then it whoosh, like latched onto my arm and attacked me. So I'm a little, you know, I don't like pit bulls. Uh, so I'm walking down the street this dog's on the other side, and it is going crazy, and he's just like on this nice stroll, but the whole time I'm walking, like looking over at this guy, and I'm sure this guy thought I was afraid of him, but I was afraid of his dog, uh, but you know, here it says even if an animal takes a human's life, that animal should be put to death. I wasn't really thinking about that verse at the time. <laughs> should have said, you know what the Bible says? Let's just go ahead and put your dog to death because it's obvious he wants to kill me. The, in, the intent is there. But you know, you don't see a similar law for animals that are killed by humans. You don't see that in the Bible. If an animal kills a human, the animal should be put to death. But if a human kills an animal, there's no, there's no law, there's no command in the Bible about putting that human to death. These animals aren't made in the image of God. Man, mankind... 
and animals are not equal. Only mankind is uniquely made in the image of God and therefore has uh, intrinsic value and worth to God above the animals. Mankind's life is valuable to God. All human life is valuable to God. And an assault on a human, human being is an assault on, on God. That's, that's, that's what this law is saying here. You know, you see in the New Testament, uh, when Jesus appeared to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, uh, Jesus said to Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul was persecuting Christians. That's the same as persecuting Jesus. Right? And so to harm a human being, uh, that human being is made in the image of God. And so that is an attack on, on God. So, we go on here. It tells us that the, the, the killer, the perpetrator, should be put to death According to God, because man is made in the image of God. So taking a human life is an attack on God. So that person who takes a human life should be put to death according to God, not not put in prison for life. Not put in prison with without the opportunity for parole. Do you understand like with with our justice system and I'm not I'm not criticizing and I'm just saying uh, our justice system is we, we want to take the criminal off the street to protect society. The way that God looks at it is, is no, the, the human being they killed has value. And, and so you're, you're, you're punishing them because of the value of the person they killed, not because of the danger they are to society, right? So for us, we're focused on the person who perpetrates the crime, God is focused on the value of the person who was killed. And the decision is made on the value of the person that was killed. So it's, just, it's, a different, it's a different focus. Verse 6 now says, Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed, for in the image of God he made man. And again, now this is also the basis of, of human government. Human government's most basic role is to protect human life and exact justice when life is taken. Uh, if you want to flip with me over to Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Verse 2. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For the rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good, but if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. It's talking about capital punishment there, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. So that's the role of the government, is to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Protecting the population, punishing violators, that's the role of the government ordained by God. 
Verse 7 says, As for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply in it. Now, he's, God told them this back in verse 1. He's repeating it here in verse 7. I think God really wants them to get the population going here, right? You know, be fruitful, multiply. I know I just said this six verses ago, but let me remind you again, be fruitful and multiply. There's only eight people on the earth at this point. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Then God spoke to Noah, verse 8, and to his sons with him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. And here's the covenant. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And once again, we see the language here. It's talking about a global flood. It wasn't a regional flood. Uh, it, it destroyed the whole earth and every living thing on the earth, except for that which was on the ark. And so God establishes his covenant here with Noah and Noah's descendants. And so this, this includes us today. This is a covenant that applies to us. We're, we're part of this covenant as Noah's descendants. A covenant is an agreement or a pledge between two parties. It's kind of like a contract in our day. God made a covenant with Noah in his family, his descendants, including us. And here's the covenant. God promised he would not wipe out the earth with a flood ever again. Otherwise, anytime there's a cloud in the sky, you'd think, oh no, here we go. Head for the hills. It's gonna, he's going to do it again. Anytime you hear thunder, you'd panic. So God here establishes this covenant saying, I'm never going to wipe out the earth again with a global flood. And, and what's, what's, what's interesting about this covenant that the, the God of the universe makes here with mankind, you know, who is man that you are even mindful of him? God obligates himself in this covenant, but he doesn't require anything of Noah. God obligates himself in this covenant, but he doesn't require anything from Noah. It's a one-sided covenant. God doesn't say, I won't judge the earth with a flood again as, you know, as long as you do these three things for me. You know, what you think about typically in some kind of a covenant or an agreement or a contract, there's, there's two sides to it. You know, each party is doing something. But, but here, God places no requirements on Noah and this covenant. God just says, hey, I'm, I'm going to enter into a covenant with you. I'm going to make this pledge to you. I'm not asking anything of you. I'm going to make this pledge to you. I'm never going to judge the earth again with a flood. It's similar to the new covenant that Jesus made with us. 
Jesus shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And all we have to do is believe in him by faith. Jesus did not say, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll forgive your sins if you believe and you do the Murph challenge, right? He didn't say that because then we'd be like, whoa, I don't, you know, that's a lot of push ups and that's a lot of pull ups and I don't know if I can do that many squats and then there's the running part and ah, I may not be able to keep my end of the bargain here. No, no, he says, this is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And all we have to do in that covenant agreement is believe his shed blood forgives our sins. That's it. Isn't that great? Oh, come on. We're talking about eternal salvation here and the forgiveness of your... You're all sinners. You should be excited about that. Right? He doesn't put a bunch of obligations on you other than just, just believe that my blood is going to forgive your sins and reconcile you to God. It's all you got to do on your end. I'm going to do everything else. I'll do all the heavy lifting. I'll go to the cross and die for you. And all you got to do is believe that my death for you provides forgiveness. It's an unconditional promise made by Jesus. And this is an unconditional promise God makes to Noah and his descendants, including us, that he will never wipe out the earth with a flood ever again. Now, God does reserve the right, though, to wipe out the earth in some other way. And the Bible tells us that there is a second judgment that is indeed coming, and it will be a judgment by fire. God will judge the earth and its inhabitants with fire. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 7, By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly. And so God, once again, will judge the earth. Uh, in fact, Jesus told us that before that judgment comes, that the world will become just as it was in the days of Noah. You remember, as we saw in chapter 6, in the days of Noah before the flood, there was corruption on the earth and wickedness and evil and violence on the earth, right? Sounds a lot like the world we're living in today. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. That the world is going to be exactly as it was in the days of Noah. And this time God will bring judgment by fire. Not by flood. You know, Peter goes on to say in 2 Peter chapter 3. Since the world is going to burn. We should not live for the pleasures of this world. That will one day go up in smoke. We should live holy lives and godly lives he says. So God makes this covenant. He's never going to judge the earth again with a flood. And then in verse 12, he tells us the sign of the covenant. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant, which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. Quite often when they would make a covenant in the Old Testament, uh, they would have some kind of sign associated as a as a reminder um, with Abraham, when God makes a covenant with Abraham, the sign of circumcision. Uh, with Moses receiving the law on Mount Sinai, the sign is the Sabbath day. Uh, with us, there's the new covenant in his blood. We've got communion, right, that reminds us of the covenant that God made with us. There's always some kind of 
physical, tangible reminder of the covenant. When you see sometimes in the Old Testament two parties that make a covenant, uh, they might set up stones, standing stones as a memorial, a marker, uh, as a memorial of the covenant so that people could see. And hey, what, what are that, what's, what's that monument for? What are those stones there for? Well, that's where we made a covenant. This is what we agreed to. Well, here he tells us what the sign of the covenant is in verse 12. This is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you. So when you see this sign, it reminds you of the covenant God made. And every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. So this is a sign of the covenant for perpetual generations, even down to today. Here's the sign. I set my rainbow in the cloud. And it shall be for the sign of of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. So the rainbow is the physical reminder of the covenant that God made with Noah, that covenant that also uh, extends to us. When we see a rainbow in the sky, uh, again, if you've ever wondered, why are there rainbows? I mean, we know, you know, we can explain scientifically why there's rainbows. But why are there rainbows? Kind of like, why are animals afraid of people? Why are there rainbows? But when we see a rainbow, it reminds us of the promise God made to never wipe out the earth with a flood again. It's a promise that God has been faithful to keep for thousands and thousands and thousands of of years. You know, we live here in Maryland, um, and here in Maryland, rainbows are pretty uncommon. It's not like Hawaii, right, where I imagine they have rainbows all the time, but, but here, rainbows are pretty uncommon, and so when you see a rainbow here, it's kind of special, right? I mean, there's been, there's been times uh, where, you know, I've, I've called my, my kids outside, come see this rainbow, you know? Uh, or uh, sometimes uh, people will stop on the highway if they see a rainbow, especially if it's a really, really vivid, bright rainbow, or if it's a, if it's a full rainbow, or if it's a double rainbow. Remember the double rainbow guy? Remember that guy? Double rainbow, right? Whoa! Total stoner guy. <laughs> Remember what he, but you remember what his question was? What does it mean? I'll tell you what it means, double rainbow guy. It means God is faithful. Every time you see a rainbow, you should be reminded of the faithfulness of God. That God is faithful to keep His promises. And that the promises of God never fail. 
listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis. Although some might view Genesis simply as a historical account of genealogies, the undercurrent throughout this book entails a broader understanding of God's nature toward His people. You're introduced to God's care and concern for His creation, how sin stained what God had created and what God intended to do to atone for the sin that overshadowed the world altogether. God's plan included a Savior that would envelop His creation in love and sacrifice that might seem incomprehensible to the average person, but God's ways are higher than anything that we as humans can understand. Yet, He chose to come to our level anyway. That's a Creator God who's invested for the long haul, If anything about today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with the local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Genesis next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know Him. It only takes willingness and a conscious choice You need not guess there's a thing of truth that is unmistakable And knowing that you cannot find alone And if you listen carefully and sometimes even if you don't You can hear the sound General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.